That music, ladies and gentlemen, is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. No, each episode we tear into God's letter to humanity and see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. I've often talked about discipleship in my classes and at the homeless shelter, but discipleship has become an unnatural word or an unnatural thought in our private, independent, modern, Western world. The word discipleship means to be a student, an apprentice, uh, and a, a follower. This takes a certain level of trust or a relationship beyond a normal friendship, and it takes a lot of time. It can be emotionally draining to both the discipler and the disciple. The call to disciple others is one of the last things Jesus told us to do. So the level of training that comes with discipling must have been important to our Lord. In this study, we're going to look at the relationship between Paul and Timothy as we do a brief survey of Paul's letters of First and Second Timothy. Now, I want to take a look at the life of Paul. Remember, Paul was an up-and-coming Pharisee when we first met him in the book of Acts. He held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, and he was giving his approval and support to them. Then we see him getting letters from the Sanhedrin to arrest Christians and throw them in prison. Now, on his way to Damascus, he was blinded by a light from heaven and confronted by Jesus. Three days later, his physical eyesight was restored, but more importantly, his spiritual eyes were opened and he believed in Jesus and was saved. Immediately, he began preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Timothy was born around 17 AD and he is a native of the city of Lystra, which is in modern day Turkey. His mother was a Jewish lady named Eunice who had become a Christian. His father was a Greek, but we don't know anything more about him than that. His grandmother was named Lois, and she also had become a Christian. And we can assume that both of these ladies were likely converted during Paul's first missionary journey to their city in 46 AD. Now, according to Paul's account of Timothy, he had been taught the scriptures as a child from these ladies. The first time Paul meets Timothy is early 50 AD, which would make Timothy about 33 years old and Paul 54 years old. Now, based on the recommendation of several church members in Lystra and Iconium, Paul decides to take the young man with him as he travels preaching the gospel. Before this happens, though, Paul has Timothy circumcised, not for his salvation, but to prevent the prejudice of Jews stopping Timothy from entering the synagogue. Um, Not to belabor the point, but we can be thankful that we have a much better and less embarrassing system of identification nowadays. I mean, you can imagine how uh, awkward that might be. You know, you go into church and you have to uh, uh, prove that you're circumcised. Uh, That would be odd in today's uh, way of thinking. Anyhow, 
Paul's method of evangelizing in a particular area was to first visit the local synagogues and preach to the, go- the gospel to the Jews and the proselytes. Then he would preach about God's kingdom to the Gentiles. The apostle knew that by circumcising Timothy that they could avoid the bias of the Jews for the sake of the gospel. Now Timothy must have no doubt felt that the cause of the gospel was more important than anything else that he would be willingly subject himself to circumcision as a grown man, and his trust in Paul had to be unwavering to allow this. However, his circumcision didn't compromise the decision made at the Council of Jerusalem in that same year, uh, 50 AD, that proclaimed that circumcision was not required for Gentile believers. The Bible records that after Timothy was ordained by Paul, and the church brethren, he ministered to at least five New Testament churches. Timothy accompanied Paul on most of his second journey travels after leaving Lystra and that he was with Paul in Ephesus during the third missionary journey and is sent from there to minister to the brethren in Macedonia. Later on, he meets with others at Troas to accompany Paul through Asia on his way to Jerusalem. When Paul is imprisoned in Rome in 61 AD at the end of his fourth missionary journey, we see in his four prison epistles that three of them mention Timothy being with him there. Finally, at the end of Paul's fifth and final journey while he is in Rome for a second time just before his death, Paul requests his closest friend Timothy to visit him and to bring his copies of his writings. Paul testified to those in Philippi regarding the unique Christian character of Timothy and his decision to spreading the gospel. He said, For I have no one who is like-minded who has genuine concern for you, but you know the proof of him that as a child with a father he served me in the gospel. That's in uh, Philippians chapter 2. According to tradition, Timothy died in Ephesus in 97 AD at the age of 80, still preaching the gospel. We're going to go through the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy, but imagine the kind of relationship that Paul and Timothy must have had for Timothy to dedicate the rest of his life to preaching the gospel and ministering to churches. Now with that long introduction, let's just look at the first two verses in 1st Timothy starts out, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, this is a typical greeting to a, a letter in that day, but notice how Paul describes Timothy, my true child in the faith. Paul had a good number of fellow missionaries church planners and leaders, but none of them were quite like Timothy. Think back to all the Bible narratives we have of Paul. Does Paul refer to any of them as his true child in the faith? Uh, Barnabas, good friend of his, John Mark, Silas, Priscilla and Aquila, Lydia, Apollos, Dionysus, Epaphras, Luke, Onesimus, Philemon... There were none of them were quite in the same category as Timothy. They were great Christians, great fellow ministers. Some of them even uh, helped uh, Paul in his early conversion. 
but none of them were in the same category as Timothy, other than perhaps um, another young man named Titus. The local churches saw something in Timothy, and Paul saw it too. It was a desire to serve the Lord with his whole heart. This is what allowed Paul to pour everything into Timothy. Now, I don't pour my everything into what I do at the homeless shelter. I don't pour my everything into what I do at my local church. I don't pour my everything into steps recovery class I teach. Why is this? Because I don't invest in people who straddle the fence trying to keep one foot in the world and one foot in God's kingdom. You you might think, that's an astonishing statement, Brother Mitchell. How could you say that? But think back in your local church on all the characters that have come through the doors in the past and how many of them have abandoned the true faith for the world or for a better show or for status, for money, for their addictions, for whatever. See, as a teacher, you can pick out those who are interested in class, right? They're the ones that are still awake. They're the ones taking notes. They're the ones that make eye contact with you. They're the ones that are asking engaging questions. When you teach, do you teach to the sleepers? No, of course not. You teach to those who are engaged. Now, there are those out there that are willing to count the cost of following Jesus, and they're willing to give up their whole life to be more like Jesus. They're the ones that are worthy of being discipled. Why did Paul single out Timothy as his true child in the faith and invest so much of his life on him? It's because Timothy would do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. The question is for you, do you want more? Do you want someone to invest in you? Do you want a life that is more than being a casual spectator of what the Lord is doing through others? Do you want to be on the front lines of the spiritual battle? Then you have to get off the fence at some point. Quit relying on your addictions to satisfy you. Quit relying on your sins to bring you happiness. Quit going back to your same lifestyle and thinking that you're okay with God somehow. And when you finally say, I'm done with my old life, I want to follow Jesus. Well then, I invite you to contact me. I'm looking for disciples to follow Jesus. Disciples to be ambassadors for his kingdom. Disciples who will, in turn, make more disciples. We have more than enough apathetic spectators filling up our church buildings. It's time to make true followers of Christ. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kankakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center where every life matters and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission one life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.